Hello, you're very welcome to episode 40, season two of the Two Mans and a Hero podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Mansfield, and I'm joined by uh, Mr. TJ Mills. How's it going, TJ? Uh, not great so far, Robbie. I pressed record too early, so hopefully that's not Jumped a sign of things to come. Yeah, I made sure it definitely has to be edited properly this time, even though I said nothing wrong anyway. But uh, no, ignore yourself. Offensive run. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Any crack at you? All good this week, or? Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, I uh, had a hospital appointment yesterday that was about as exciting as it got, and uh, yeah, kind of busy doing nothing if that makes sense, just um, sorting out things. Hopefully, back to work in a couple of weeks, and yeah, take it from there now. And yourself, yeah, just kind of busy at work, um, so that's kind of also a bit uh, delayed with the podcast this week, so a bit, a bit wrecked on uh. Was it uh, Sunday evening, and then yeah, things just kind of kept popping us first this week. So yeah, it's been a bit, a bit mad. So um, yeah, so glad to be able to get in for a chat now. Anyway, so um, yeah, we'll we'll kick off with uh, a little bit of GA stuff. So we're kind of struggling for GA news this time of year. But um, you were kind of saying in the group there that uh, the possible new format for the championship with the with the league um could bring in 10 million for the GA. So that could be definitely a, a big uh, sweetener for uh, to get people to vote for it. What do you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, you, you'd be hoping that it, it all boils down to the county board delegates that, um, that I think on the 22nd that that special Congress or the Congress is taking place. Um, and it's a matter if they don't kind of go with the league-based format, that's it for a long time. So we could be stuck with what's happening at the moment. But yeah, I just came across an article there today. And yeah, I mean, it could be worth 10 million. And it kind of makes sense. I mean, with all the extra games and all of that, um, there'd be some kind of local rivalries and that as well, which always draws a crowd. And I mean, you have some excellent stadiums around that are able to hold, hold um, a good few supporters as well. So, yeah, other than, I mean, the, the one good thing about GEA is that doesn't go into anyone's pocket. I mean, it's all reinvested back down to the clubs, except for the paid staff. And I mean, they, they have to get salaries and their costs outlays like that. But the rest, the remainder of surpluses and all of that are filtered down to the clubs and counties. So, if they go with it, they are a real financial incentive there for um the county boards, but also for the club delegates to lobby the county boards to vote for the league format or whatever format they want. Personally, I think I expressed it last week that I'd be in favour of the, the league-based format anyway. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. Like I know we were going to say um, I was more going for Proposal A. Um, I'm not sure Like there's many more games like because with the the option a they would go into play little groups themselves and they, like we'd like you'd always have the league as well so you're not actually playing more games you know if you know what i mean so i know you could argue maybe that some of them league games if you were to move them into a championship format they might be more people going to them and stuff like that but i don't think real realistically there's going to be that many more games than we would have if any at all, with option. I must actually kind of do the maths on it, but I don't think there's going to be that many more. I think there's, there seems to be a big strong lobby lobby for option B. Um, a lot of the players want it. Um, I just think the other option might might work better because you've got the going to four provinces of eight and you've got two groups of four in each one and then you have the top teams going into the uh, All-Ireland and the bottom two going into the... Um, into the um, Talton Cup, so yeah, that's what I was kind of saying on that. But um, is there definitely going to be more games with the league format? Do you think? Um, I I need to do research on that. I think they will. I I don't think the Talton Cup is in option A or option C. I now I stand corrected on that. Um, I I had it up there last week and. I, I forget it, but going by option B, I think they possibly could be because you'd have the league games early, kind of in the early in the season where the likes of the O'Byrne Cup and all of that used to take place. So that would be the league. But then you'd have, like, if you take, for example, a county like Louth or Carlo, who may 
now not all the time i mean light had great sucks uh, unfortunate they didn't win a leinster in 2010 but they had a great r- run of games um and i think to be more crowds at them like if you had a county coming up against dublin in leinster unless you're the likes of the big two which would be Kildare and meat at the moment no disrespect to any others but I mean, they are the top three sides, Dublin, and then Zatosfa kind between Meath and Kildare. So, I mean, I think they would be more of an incentive if you kind if a county had three or four games. Um, I it kind of ran well. It didn't kind of did run well in the hurling where you had a kind of a round robin in Leinster. Now, if they kind of introduced that proposal where you'd have a team like Leash or Carlo or someone with Smeet like that that had two or three games before they went in to face a big team. But usually if you have a county like, say a first-round game, Longford against Leisure, or Carlo against Wicklow, and they could come up against Smeet, Kildare or Dublin then in a semi-final or a quarter-final, it depends the way it goes. They potentially only have two games, where with the league format, they could have four games. Or it depends what way the, the groups are structured. And then they'd have the Talton uh, Cup as well. So potentially instead of, I mean, they'd have the league, which is around seven games. And then they could potentially have seven games in the championship as well. Now, I could be completely talking harsh shit here. And I stand corrected on it. But from the top of my head, I think they possibly um, could be more games than option B. But if I'm wrong, I, I hold my hands up on that. Yeah, uh, yeah, we definitely need to look, kind of dive into it a bit more. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out as well with teams and how motivated they are for different competitions and stuff. Um, yeah, perfect. So we're going to just uh, skip on over to the international break. So with soccer, um, so yeah, I'm not usually a huge fan of the international break when it comes around because we kind of be missing the Premier League and stuff. But um, Ireland were rolling well uh, in their two games they played and. Callum Robinson was uh, shooting the lights out. And what did you make of, uh, probably more importantly, what did you make of the the blue jerseys that the Irish soccer team were wearing? They were like a centenary uh, uh, option they were. They were all kind of blue sort of thing. So what did you think of them? Do you think they were any good? Yeah, no, the first thing came into my head was uh, Eiffel, what's it, Eiffel 65? I'm blue, dabba dee, dabba da. I know I thought they were deadly. I re- I won't lie to you. Uh, I meant to look up last night to see if you could purchase them because I think they're sexual. And I mean, with the, the result they got last night as well. Now, there's a caveat there. It was Qatar. But still, they were lucky to draw with Qatar the last time they played the last friendly. So um, you have to be happy with that. Um, yeah, I really like the jersey, Robbie. I really do. Yeah. Um, and... Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's a breakaway as well. I know I was involved with a club team one time. They changed the color of the jerseys, and it kind of gave a gave a boost. Like, so yeah. you never yeah, know look. exactly. And maybe, maybe it's a thing. International soccer, maybe. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's national ties and all of that, but maybe it could be something that could be introduced to be a good revenue. A stream for uh, international or- football organizations and all of that but maybe go the soccer route where they might change every couple of years or that but um, they could be people stabbing me back here and saying that but um, yeah. I, I really liked it now I won't lie to you yeah uh, yeah it looks, looks good what do you make of the performances on the field then yeah, no, they were terrific. I mean, the result, I mean, the performance on Saturday wouldn't have been as good as other games that they played, say, against the likes of Serbia and Portugal and all of that. But it was, they scored goals. I mean, Callum Robinson with two goals and, oh, I can't think of the... Duffy got one yesterday, did he? Duffy, yeah, and there's a young lad as well, um... It's on the tip of my tongue, but I, I knowing my pronunciation, I'm scared to say it as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, he's a brilliant up-and-coming talent. Anyone that watched the games would know who I'm on about, and I apologise in advance. But uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of was for giving Stephen Kenny a bit of a break. I 
kind of liked what he was trying to do but the results weren't matching i and i not being a hypocrite anyone that listened to earlier podcasts i would have been on about how long the fei could kind of back him because if results continue to go the way they went they were going um i mean if they drew with azerbaijan like uh, uh, on saturday they would have been called if they drew with qatar or even lost either azerbaijan or qatar well, they would have been calls for him and they wouldn't have been a chance given. Um, Michael O'Neill, when he took over with Northern Ireland, had a, a poor run enough at start and then they qualified for the European Championships a couple of years later. Mick McCarthy in his first term uh, back in the early 2000s, uh, sorry, it was late 90s, uh, had kind of a poor run of form as well. May, maybe not as substantial as the one Stephen Kenny was on. When you're trying to develop a system, you're trying to blood in new players and all of that. Maybe it's all paying off now. And I mean, the big biggest performance of the lot other than Callum Robinson was Jeff Hendrick last night. I mean, he was he was transformed. Um, now I won't lie; I have to hold my hands up. I wasn't in great form last night, and um, so I was kind of watching it in spurts. Um, but what I saw, I was really impressed with, and. The big pressure is, can they bring that level of performance into the likes of Portugal, who they're playing at home and Luxembourg away? If they got a draw against Portugal in Dublin and got a victory against Luxembourg, that would be, what, three wins in the campaign and two draws? It wouldn't be awful bad. And I think then the FAI would be under pressure to renew uh, Stephen Kenny's contract next month. Yeah, definitely. Um, see how they go. Hopefully, get a result against Portugal. Um, just a word on Callum Robinson. He was kind of facing a good bit of stick in the media, uh, before the game over his uh vaccination status. Um, do you reckon you know he's kind of like you know he, he was kind of like doing the celebrations where he was kind of covering his ears, or he was kind of like you know he's like he's not listening to the the critics and stuff like that. So. What do you make of that whole kind of situation, the way it kind of, you know, kind of flowed out that he was kind of criticised heavily in the media and then he went out and he scored a lot of goals. So what did you kind of make of that whole uh, situation? It, it's a re- And I'm not going to sit on defence, Robbie, but it's a really tough one. I mean, we're going to be discussing later on about... Um, the reopening on the 22nd and I mean there's kind of an argument going around why should people that actually went and got the vaccine suffer as a result of uh, people that are hesitant against it and um, now that's not expressing the view it's just kind of what's out there Um, I mean a lot of the national media during the week and um, some presenters on the national broadcasts are, were kind of making personal comments against them. Um, now, if you look at it, compared to the IR, IRFU, where there's, what, roughly 95% of players vaccinated, say, in the provinces, um, they're not the same uptake within soccer teams over in England, in the Premiership and other divisions. So, I mean, should sport come into kind of politics? And, I mean, I know the coronavirus is a virus but still it's political no matter what and an awful lot of the comments were kind of you could kind of say political in a sense so everyone has freedom um but there's kind of a personal thing as well would if you were vaccinated would you like to be playing beside someone that wasn't vaccinated now to be fair the irish players around them supported them and an awful lot of the commentary were led by the media. And there's a question there, um, should there be personal attacks? Because he does have a family. I mean, he is yeah. a person. I mean, he isn't a machine. I mean, he does have feelings and all of that. And the way he dealt with it, I thought was, even though I may not agree with his stance, I thought he dealt with it brilliantly and putting his fingers in his ears kind of said to him, well, I'm not going to let it affect me game. Uh, it might affect it might have affected him personally, but fair play to him, he didn't let it affect his performances on the pitch. And 
what better way to do than score five goals? I mean, Ireland couldn't score five goals in two years, not to mention five in two games. Or seven yeah, yeah, in so. two games. Like, but that's... He's kind of almost made himself uh, irreplaceable, really, at that point, uh, with kind of that amount of goals. Um, yeah, cool, good stuff. Um, so we'll move on. We'll go into our picks of the week. What are your picks of the week this week, Deej? Uh, yeah, it was... I'm kind of scared saying because I think I might have mentioned them already, but I downloaded, do you know, the new Pro Evolution soccer game on the Xbox One I have. Uh, it's called eFootball now. Um, it, as I stated in earlier podcasts, it is a free, uh, kind of a free game. Um, and I don't like it. I don't, I won't lie to you, compared to FIFA... And now you can't really uh, bite the hand that feeds you in a sense, but when you're getting it for free, but um, just there would be no comparison um, to me in all fairness. But it's out and can be downloaded on uh, gaming consoles at the moment, Xbox One and PS5 as well, and the new Xboxes and uh, new PlayStations as well. Um, the second one is I'm listening to uh, a lot of 80s music on YouTube. I don't know why I'm doing it, but there's some brilliant compilations on it. Uh, it might actually feed well into the uh, topic we have coming up about the 90s later on. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to single out any, but um, because out of embarrassment, because there's some really cheesy ones. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's some cheesy options then. Yeah, there's some kind of cheesies and then there's rock and some brilliant ones, but there are too many to mention. Uh, listening to them on the walks and uh, walks and runs in the mornings and that. So, yeah, you can check them out. Run to your head, what's your favourite 80s one? That's the one that you kind of, if you just you just can't get sick of listening to it. Now, you've already said you like, you like uh, ABBA, so, you know, come on. I don't think you can get much cheesier than that, so I think you just need to bite the bullet and say, what's what's the... What's your favorite um, one? There's two of them actually. Uh, there's one from Billy Ocean, "Red Light Spells Danger." I'm I, now if that's not from the eighties, you can shoot me. But I'm nearly sure that's from the eighties. And uh, the other one, I'm really embarrassed to say, or is it eighties? It is. Yeah, around eighty seven is by by Meat's Girl. Now this is cheese. I mean, this is cheddar cheese, like. Uh, waiting for a star to fall but i don't know why i like it but uh yeah that day be two billy ocean and by meets girl and yeah i have a weird taste in music because i can go from cheesy music like that to heavy dance to rock so yeah that's that's me <laughs> yeah i think it's good to have a nice kind of mix of um you know music in there you know the way so and the thing is, like, you can't, you know, can't control what you what you like to listen to, you know, in a way. So I think kind of music, music snobbery in a way is kind of uh, one of the worst for, forms of snobbery, really. Um, just for my picks, I went with uh, Dave Chappelle's uh, special on Netflix. He was saying in, in it that it's his last special on Netflix for at least uh, at least a while anyway. And um, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, it's typical Dave Chappelle, really. Um, he re- I, I think he's... a comedic genius to be honest with you um like he says a lot of stuff that's really really offensive and all this sort of stuff but i think like in comedy and like the way it's especially the way he portrays it and stuff like he can say you know virtually anything but he's kind of he's saying it in a in a funny way or a comedic way and i think there's a real kind of you know nuggish in in the fact that comedy has this freedom of expression you know it can say the things that maybe people are thinking or maybe people can't say or you know and like the thing of it at the end of the day is it's a, it's a joke um and comedy is an art form just like any other so uh yeah that's what i, I would, was uh picked out for this week um and if you don't have a sense of humor don't watch it that's probably a good option um and the other one i mentioned it last week was with squid game and i've been talking to people all week about it and i only got through the first half an hour of the first episode i was just kind of busy and stuff like that but i'm definitely going to see this one through to the end and hopefully hopefully by next week I'll have, I'll have watched a few more um yeah so kind of uh speaking of kind of david dave Chappelle and his kind of um 
anti-woke sort of rants he was going on. There was uh, Demi Lovato. She was uh, talking about um, how alien or extraterrestrials shouldn't be referred to as aliens. That's offensive. So is this um, is this one of the reasons why woke culture or woke uh, or you know cancel culture and all this sort of stuff gets a bad a bad rapper a bad name and just makes people roll their eyes at this sort of stuff or what do you think? Do you think that the extraterrestrials are offended? I, I don't, when you put it up, Robbie, I just didn't know what to think. I won't lie to you. I think we're becoming too woke. I mean, uh, I was just going to ask there, are they a danger with stand-up comedy that woke could really take it over, that stand-up comedy will just become boring? Um, now, going back to the question, I, I just... I mean, I, I don't know what way to say it, but some statements that celebrities come out with um if i said it on the street or if you said it on the street we'd be locked up and yeah. I, i'm not targeting demi lovato here far from it but it's just a high profile that if a celebrity makes a comment it's going to get into the media and it's going to be spread around it's a bit like we're on about um, you know, Callum Robinson's stance on vaccines. If that was just an ordinary Sunday league footballer, to be not invited in the media, but it's just because it's high profile, like. And um, going back to the question, there's no proof that aliens actually exist. Um, I'd like to believe they are. Uh, I'd like to believe that we're not here on our own on Earth. Now, Barack Obama stated that there are some interesting things um and there are files released by the american government and all of that say that yeah there are a few things they can't explain but i mean that's like saying something about oh you're going to offend the ghost like i mean it isn't like they're going to it isn't like they're going to invade earth because someone called them an alien like I think stop saying it, man. <laughs> if you're to if you're to look at it, the term alien, if it was to be offensive to anyone, it'd be to the immigrants into America. I think that'd be like if you understand, I mean extraterrestrial alien. I mean someone from another country should not be considered something different like and i mean they are an awful lot of white ring uh political parties in countries and all of that that have a thing against immigrants and all of that which i never understood because everyone's human and and i'm not going to go too deep into it because this should be funny (laughs) i won't lie to you but i think it's just another hogwash that got into the media a comment by a celebrity robbie and yeah i i just laugh it off genuinely laugh it off and if all my alien cousins wherever they are i say they'd laugh it off as well if they have a sense of humor yeah probably well do you think it kind of uh, devalues um the woke agenda or is it or is it just typical woke agenda stuff do you think we have kind of chatted about it a bit before like kind of woke is it too woke or that sort of thing so do you think like people coming out and saying saying stuff like that might devalue other arguments Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, if you look at, say, um, in the soccer, the taking of the knee, I mean, that ha- was kind of brought to a different, kind of was straight away from what it was actually for. Um, and I mean, it, it's just it's just a comment is made or something like that. Our actions are done or something. And they may be completely harmless and um they're just completely taken out of context um and i mean if you were it's kind of straying away from what i i say it actually stood for i mean if you look at say the me too movement and all of that that was the brilliant most brilliant thing that ever came out because high-powered people that thought they could get away with stuff were actually caught for their actions 
And that's that's the the success of the Me Too movement. And you could say woke kind of developed from that with comments that were made that it be inappropriate and all of that. And there should be no place for racist comments and all of that. But to say that you're that you're offending extraterrestrials by calling them aliens is I mean it has to diminish it, but because of Demi Lovato's high profile, they will and her fans and the large fan base and all of that, it will go out there and it will could take off in a sense. And that's the worry. Well, just as well on on Demi Lovato, she is non-binary, so don't call her her either, or she'll get pissed off at you. Sorry, uh, yeah, I remember <laughs> reading that. Sorry, it's, yeah. com- it's a complex world out there, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I retract that statement completely just in case we get any solicitors' letters or anything or yeah, lawyers. I retract that completely with a wholehearted apology. <laughs> uh, just um, we'll kind of maybe take a trip down memory lane into uh, the pre woke era, the, the wonderful world that was the 90s. Um, so this was brought about by a post I've seen where it was. Um, a guy, he's only using technology from the 90s and he's kind of just living as if he was in the 90s. Um, so I just want to get your thoughts on this. And uh, do you think, you know, given all the things we've been kind of uh, talking about, um, you know, back in the 90s, it was just knockout hurling, knockout football. There was no proposal A, proposal B, and there was no woke culture and there was less technology and all this sort of stuff. So do you think... Uh, Maybe you could go back to the 90s for for a month or two, or would you want to stay for longer? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily go to the 90s. I'd go to the early 2000s. Um, and the reason why is I can barely remember parts of the 90s. Um, I If you were to go back at all, it'd be for the Irish football team. That'd be... Yeah. I'm, I mean, I remember being very young in 1990 and i remember the kind of the excitement barely around it um and i mean our relations came down they brought me down uh, an ireland teddy teddy bear it was just over two maybe three and um i i kind of remember the excitement 1994 i would have remembering uh better and i remember going down to the local pub and uh just the excitement that was around and there's um uh a, a high profile publican um you might have hearing of him charlie chalk um he has pubs in dublin and limerick and that and he was good friends with um a late publican down where we're living in stonyford and he brought a replica world cup and I was sure it was the World Cup now the picture was in the Kilkenny people and everything after me holding the World Cup and that was that that memory still stands to me like it's even though now I know it was fake the excitement and everything then that whoever and the weight of it was unbelievable like it was actually but uh yeah if you're to go back to the 90s and then maybe around 97 98 when you'd be kind of 11 12 where you start going to the you know discos and not teenage discos but you know kind of kiddies discos and all of that the excitement and that but um some of the television shows as well i mean i i don't think there's anything uh, well there's not many around now that could um compete with say the likes of keenan and kel um uh fresh prince of bel-air and the simpsons would have been really uh, still are popular but would have really getting to know the simpsons and all of that and uh cartoon network and things like that but yeah if you're to go back for kind of real excitement i say be the early to mid to noughties that'd be the real time where you're starting to become a teenager um and then the mid when you start to going out and all of that properly that, that'd be the time i go back to but would you live that full force nah if there were yeah, one... but if you went back as like an adult back to the nineties, so you kind of maybe you know detach from technology and just maybe I don't know if you could say live a simpler existence to a certain degree, like you know you just kind of not weighed down by social media and all that sort of stuff and content constantly being online, like you could just you know go down to the pub and you know you're not checking your phone, you're just 
having a laugh and you know no one's able to ring and contact you like someone might ring the pub to try and see where you are or something like that or you know just kind of very just kind of living in the moment sort of thing rather than like you know obsessed with social media i'm not saying you are particularly but you know that just live that kind of a life for a while would it be good yeah no actually when you put it that way it, it puts it straight into me head things were far uh far more relaxed back then i remember do you remember hot rod racing uh no i really know <laughs> what it would it, be kind of like the the rural version of say the grand prix I mean, you'd have lads that would buy up um, old cars and they'd turn them into, do you know, kind of like rally racing, but it'd be done in a field. And yeah. where I'm living, um, they used, it used to take place in two areas. And it take place, there'd be races all around the place, uh, kind of all around the country, but there were two places within, say, the space of three or four miles. And that used to be brilliant to look at. And that would have been around, say, the mid to late 90s. And that was just unbelievable. And then a village, if anyone knows Kilkenny Kells, um, there used to be festivals there every year. There used to be marquees. Now, I was never at them. I was too young. But, um, as, as say, parents would have gone to them. There'd be big bands and all of that there. And it just created a buzz. And um, they don't seem to be much of that anymore i mean um that would be going back as an adult to the likes of that and then the charlton era that'd be phenomenal like you could just imagine the sessions back then i mean we haven't except say 2012 2016 when we qualified for tournaments now we performed poorly enough 2016 wasn't bad but you could imagine the excitement of believing that you're going to go and win the world cup like and as an adult where you had an excuse just to go on an unmerciful session like um and as you mentioned no mobile phones either there i think the worst thing that was ever invented and thank god it never happens in our whatsapp group is the constant buzzing on the phone i mean you mute it and then you miss something and i mean what i mean is if you're in a work group or something where they're constant buzzing or I'm in radio groups or whatever, and there's just constant buzzing and then you mute it and then you miss, you miss the most important thing. Um, I think for that aspect, I wouldn't miss the technology. Genuinely wouldn't um, because what you didn't have, you wouldn't miss. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Um, you can also imagine it'd be more pub lock-ins during the nineties. I just think it would be more of a oh, done definitely. thing, you know. It'd be less uh, the guards would be a bit more relaxed as well. Um, yeah, so we'll move on to the next topic. So this is one uh, post I seen. It was about uh, MS thirteen, who are uh, South American drug cartel gang, um, and basically they've uh, altered altered weed to be more addictive than cocaine. So, what do you think of this? Do you reckon this could be? Uh, pretty dangerous and you know if this was to hit ireland could it be uh pretty damaging or what are your, what are your kind of thoughts on on this i i think it i think it would be um now hands up and i might sound <laughs> weird saying it i never came across a uh, cannabis or weed uh i know people that did but you I smoked never... but you never inhaled that sort of thing bill clinton response never no, I never even, um, I never, never smoked, never smoked drugs, never. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, maybe it's a thing, and this might sound weird for someone that never did, but maybe it's a thing that they have to turn towards legalizing to prevent the likes of that. Um, now I know I'm completely going off topic, but you see the consequences of um what happens with people that are addicted to drugs i mean if you take for example heroin and all of that and the damage that that can cause to to not just the person but also the family around and um do robford and all of that if something's more addictive and people don't have the buying power to get it it is going to cause consequences now i mean 
I'd be worried that way. I won't lie to you. Um, so I think there'd be a situation where, like governments around in other countries, I say to prevent things like this happening because criminals are always one step ahead. Um, so it's a matter that maybe the way to counteract this is to do some sort of legal legal basis around people that because people are going to use drugs anyway no matter what so uh it, it does sound worrying i won't lie to you so i think you should kind of tax it like a box of cigarettes which uh, went up in the budget yesterday so a crazy amount of uh, money so it just proves that people will still buy this stuff as well if it, even if it's a if it's a mad price uh but yeah kind of could definitely be something very damaging uh potentially yeah but um I suppose if you if you do legalize it, I know there's pros and cons like to legalize them and stuff. Um, I suppose on the face of it, if you do legalize, then you're taking the power away from the the drug cartels and barons exactly. and that that sort of stuff. So you're you're taking away their motivation. And obviously, like even with cigarettes, you have a bit of illegal um, you know black market selling, and they reckon that's going to go up because um, cigarettes went up in the budget yesterday and stuff like that. So um, yeah, so. Definitely legalizing it or having some sort of a, some sort of an option like that could could potentially work and kind of just um, take the power away from the the, dr- the drug barons and stuff like that. So yeah, it could be um, a possibility. So speaking of laws and lifting and raising restrictions and stuff, so you just dropped in the group there that they're thinking of not uh, going ahead with the reopening on the twenty second of October. So. Honestly, I have just been kind of tuned out of the news uh, for the last while and just been kind of getting me down sort of thing. So just with the constant negativity and stuff. So do you want to try and fill in the blanks for me and bring you up to speed? Yeah, no, it's just something I heard today. Um, As anyone's listening, no, I'm kind of a a news nerd that way to my detriment. But uh, yeah, with cases going up and hospitalizations going up, um the public health officials and government are kind of panicking. And um, I, I've been honest, Robbie, if we don't open properly now, when will we? I mean, we have one of the highest vaccina- vaccination rates in in possibly the world. Um, and we're on about postponing again. Um, now, this time last year I would have taken a different view on it because I would have having concerns about my family and I, I still would um, but it's a situation people have to live their lives um, there was a question going around why is Ireland's cases higher than some other countries say in um, Eastern Europe or any part of Europe and I think the biggest thing is we're not engaging with antigen testing which is rapid testing and um darg- and i don't want to make this serious because listeners will get bored of it genuinely will get bored of it so i'm not going to go on anymore but if if you don't get into a nightclub say on the 23rd it's possible that you won't get into one in 20 until 2022 and I mean, for young people that are after sacrificing a lot as it is, I think it's, um, I just think it'd be tough. Genuinely, I mean, grow a pair of balls and say, here, you're given responsibility and they give responsibility and they don't even know if it's a blip. In other words, that they could start going back down again. But they're making the reactions and they're who I really feel for is businesses, because if you say on the nightclub, you're after being closed for the bones of two years. Yeah, um the yeah, like the, those kind of um businesses and like they haven't been open, so they haven't been contributing to, to COVID and stuff like that, you know the way. So Exactly, yeah. And imagine as well, especially with your nightclubs, you're going to have just pretty much going to be just young people in there who are less risk anyway, you know. But um, yeah, it just it seems like it, like they kind of 
announce in advance that things are going to happen and then they kind of start gradually kind of dragging their feet and stuff's kind of leaked out that it's not going to happen or will they, won't they sort of thing. Um, yeah, so it's frustrating. And imagine if you're owned a nightclub, how frustrated and probably on your knees you would be that you wanted uh, places to open and stuff like that. So yeah, like, and it's kind of teasing them and, you know, just put yourself in their shoes for a minute, you know. Um, I think, you know, the majority of places should just be opened even with just limited capacity um you know what you're saying about the rates of uh, vaccination and stuff like that and you know maybe like antigen test- testing is something we need to explore and go down and that sort of that sort of stuff so um like the and stop and spread and all that sort of stuff you know oh definitely like the worst part about it is if you put yourself into say a nightclub owner's position and um, they're they're being treated the exact same as the restaurants and pubs were being treated which is completely wrong because they're making the decision um early next week and the go ahead was meant to be friday week so if you yeah. think about it they only have three or four days to either order in stock or cans, uh, I mean, if they have stock already ordered in and they're going to possibly be put off for... No, in Ireland, it could go on till the end of the year or early next year. So that's the, from a business perspective, decisions by, being made by people. Now, I know they have a tough job and everything and I'm not diminishing it or I'm not saying they're doing a bad job or whatever. But if you have people that are making decisions that weren't financially affected by decisions that were made i think it's very harsh on those that are being constantly put off and are financially affected by the decisions that are made if that makes sense and if you were if you had to pull the trigger on it what would you do if you were the making decision what would you would you reopen as planned or would you hold off do you think i'd reopen with antigen testing especially for vaccinated people because the and i won't drag on but the argument that's been made is antigen tests and isn't it as effective as the main testing that's rolled out at the moment the pcr testing but antigen testing dictates if you're infectious so in other words you could be infected with the virus but an antigen test will actually pick up if you're going to spread it now i'm not saying they're 100 percent accurate far from it but even if they only picked up one out of three that's still if you have multiples of people that's a few people know that they're actually infected so the level of people that could spread it is lowered um and especially among vaccinated people they were a nightclub um event took place in the button factory i think in dublin and they ra- rolled out antigen testing for vaccinated people. And according to what I heard, there are no cases from it. So if they want to go situation, let people that are vaccinated go out and do whatever they want and be antigen tested as well. And if people that aren't vaccinated, not to be um, discriminatory, let them get antigen tested as well and prove that they're not infectious. And I think that's the only way to go because they're saying that it's social mixing that's causing it. If you shut down nightclubs and all of that, especially coming up to Christmas, you're still just going to have people doing what they were doing last year. So that's... Yeah, going to parties and doing all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, exactly, so... yeah. Open up the fuck. Uh, exactly. Yeah, cool. <laughs> in short that's uh, yeah, so, so, over. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go to the the sports roundup so obviously a big one uh happened over the weekend was tyson fury uh won a bit of a an epic fight uh he got knocked down and he ended up uh, getting back up and finishing off his opponents you know so and he he had been quoted saying before he liked to come back to ireland and defend uh defend the title there so i think that could be a a big, a big fight in Crow Park. Would you be something you'd go to? Uh, well, well, with what we were saying there minutes ago, <laughs> we mightn't be able. <laughs> uh, but I oh, know definitely. All, all a joking aside. Yeah, I know that'd be 
it'd be an un- unbelievable event. I think it'd be the first boxing match in Croke Park since, was it Muhammad Ali? Yeah, I think Ali fought there, yeah. Um, and I think the only other real big one uh, was, was it Steve Collins back? Now, I can't remember it, but I remember hearing about it was Steve Collins, was it in Cork? Um, so that'd be unbelievable. Um, if you could get some huge event like that, um, and but I mean Tyson Fury's victory the other night was unbelievable. It reminded me of that song "I Get Knocked Down But I Get Up Again," like uh, Tud Thumping. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I know it was just it. It was actually a joy to watch because I think an awful lot of boxing. I think the real good has gone out of it. Um, now maybe I'm biased and saying it because you're kind of watching the Rocky films and all of that and maybe I know that's dramatic and all of that but I think that was a real real boxing match the other, the other night and fair play to Tyson Fury and if that game can get in or that match or boxing match can get into Croke Park it'd be very hard to get tickets but I'd die trying to get it yeah, it'd be pretty awesome have you anything else for the sports roundup? I don't know. It's um kind of very quiet. Um, other than the international soccer, I wouldn't have um seen much. I know golf is continuing, but I won't lie to you. I didn't see any of it over the weekend. The race to Dubai will be uh, concluding in the next while, but I genuinely have. I'm not even going to bullshit. I genuinely have nothing to add to it this week. I'm lazy this week, Robbie. Sorry. Ah, no worries. Uh, it's just a bit of the NFL stuff. So the uh, the um, Las Vegas Raiders coach was sacked um, over the weekend there for racist remarks. He said in an email, uh, I think it could have been a few years ago. Um, so there's big news in the NFL that uh, head coach got fired and the Raiders were doing quite well up until recently and then they've lost their last two. So definitely things from a season point of view are definitely unraveling for them there. Um and the joke is that all the NFL coaches are, you know, scrambling to search their old emails to make sure they haven't said anything offensive to delete all this stuff. Um, yeah, but then on the, on the field, uh, Dreamy Leamy's Arizona Cardinals uh, are 5-0. and They're doing really well. Um, and then there's, yeah, some kind of good games going on during the week. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, their, their quarterback is injured, so that's really bad for them because uh, he's a really reliable player. Um Russell Wilson, and he's, he's going to be out for a good few games. So they could be in big trouble because they're in a very uh, competitive division and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but some, some really good good games um, over the weekend. And there was a record number of extra points missed. And in one particular game, there was, I think it was five, five or six field goal attempts missed um, in the last few minutes of the game and then into overtime. And there was loads of drama and... Um, it was the Green Bay Packers uh, kicker, I think. He missed three shots in a row, three field goals attempts in a row, and then he he nailed the last one. So <laughs> you'd say like the pressure that was on him after missing the first three, and you could even see after the third one, like the guy who was holding the ball for him to kick was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, would you know, just <laughs> put him over? could you not just kick it over the bar? So the amount of pressure that was on this guy um, to kick that winning field goal in the end was massive because he obviously missed the first. He had plenty of practice anyway, but um, definitely it would take um, it takes a special sort of character to to come back from from those sort of mistakes and deliver in the end, you know. So uh, yeah, okay. definitely fair play to him. I just a quick question and could be a stupid one: Is kind of the main season? more entertaining than the likes of the Super Bowl? I mean, would they be more kind of open, or what would you say, open play-witted, where the Super Bowl is kind of kind of a, uh, kind of going by a template, or is that unfair? Yeah, well, I suppose, like, you know, in any sort of big final match, the teams are you know, inevitably very strong and very competitive and they'll have almost figured each other out. Now, it didn't happen in the Super Bowl last year, but, you know, in general, I think Tom Brady won a Super Bowl one time. He won a 10-3. Um, so, yeah, they can be quite dull affairs sometimes. And then, like, 
every week you're probably guaranteed to get two or three games that are just absolute classics where it's just like back and forward. There was a game over the weekend yeah. between the Chargers and the Browns and it finished 47-42, I think, or 48-42. Oh, yeah, a real sort of you score, I score sort of thing, you know? But um, I just think you think NFL is dull anyway, so that could be I, a main problem there. <laughs> I, I won't lie to you, I, I love it, but it's the breaks that do me. It's just I could not sit down for three hours, and um, if it was if the like the likes of the game that was pop forty seven forty three, that's entertaining. That shows that there's a lot of play going on, but where you have a situation where there's a break after one or two plays, that 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 just does me, Robbie. I won't lie to you. Now maybe it's a. Like playing it on the likes of um, a game console or something. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Same as cricket, I'd really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, that I I'd love to get into it because I think the some of the tactics and gameplays are phenomenal and they're unbelievable athletes. But um, yeah, just staying up for three or four hours yeah it just we're doing yeah, it's definitely getting tough to do on a on a sunday night for me <laughs> yeah and that's not even staying up to watch the the late late game um i can only watch the the kind of in between game so the early game starts six on a sunday for over in ireland and the later game start at nine or half nine and then the you know sunday night football starts at 20 past one that's just, that's usually one of the better games as well so um Unfortunately, you get to miss that, but you know, there's always the YouTube highlights and stuff. So, yeah, I know. I I keep saying I'm, and I will. And if it's a matter if I keep watching them like that, I probably will get into it. Uh, what's the team that I chose to support? LA Rams. Never, LA Rams. Yeah, that's where the Super Bowl is. Is it? Yeah, it's yeah. going to be in uh, SoFi Stadium or SoFi Stadium. It's it's um. It's a feat of engineering. Uh, there's like a big, massive um, screen yeah. uh, that goes the. It goes around the stadium inside. It. It's just amazing to watch. Like really, anytime there's a game there, it's real uh, cutting edge stadium. You know, so we'd be definitely even watching just uh, just for that. And actually, I don't know if you've seen it. Was the um, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? And uh, there was a game in London over the weekend, an NFL game between the Jaguars and the, and the Falcons and. The Tottenham Hotspur Stadium can change into an NFL NFL stadium. Um, it can move around and moves the the pitch and all that sort of stuff. So that's a, an amazing uh, video to watch as well. Quite deadly. I must check that out. I, I remember there was a couple of college games in Crow, or was it the Viva Stadium there a while ago? I think I possibly might be more into college football than NFL but I know I definitely try to get into it for definitely for the podcast next year anyway if we're not kicked off anyway <laughs> yeah hopefully not uh cool so we'll leave it there uh I've no high ball this week um so we have plenty of good topics though so um hope everyone enjoyed listening and you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and you can obviously message us anytime there and uh, anyone has any ideas for uh any sort of um, like topics or anything like that or anything you want to talk about, we are more than game to talk about absolutely anything. Uh, yeah, cool. So good chat, Teach. Happy days. Yeah, I know. Thanks a million, Robbie. Actually, before we finish, we got some uh, listenership figures during the week as well. And yeah, thanks a million for everyone. We're over the moon with them. And uh, thanks a million for linking in. Without you, we're doing nothing here. So thanks a million again. And yeah. a pleasure as always, Robbie. Yeah, good chat, teach. Happy days, man. Good luck. Chat to you next good luck, week. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Bye, 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 bye.